0: Hey everybody, welcome to the DVM Divas podcast. Today we are going to jump right in and our hot topic is, do you go to work sick or do you stay home? So we've got definitely different opinions and we'll all be sharing those. Then I have a clinic hack about repurposing some of those old baby items. Melissa has a very sad guinea pig fail and Maria will share with us her latest travel win. So join us as we go. Beyond the Stethoscope.
1: Welcome to the DVM Divas podcast. It's no secret that the veterinary profession is made up of thousands of amazing women. In fact, we're more than 60% of the current workforce, but it's also apparent that we've been struggling to stay happy and fulfilled. Well, join us, the DVM Divas,
0: as we take this profession back from discontent. Listen as we explore the concepts
1: that motivate us. Community, making positive changes,
2: growth, compassion, and courage.
1: Laugh
0: with us, cry with us, celebrate with us as we define what it means to be a badass woman in veterinary medicine. Well, hello ladies, how are you?
1: Good. Good. How are you?
0: Good. Thank you. Um, so before we jump into our hot topic,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Melissa, we need an update. Okay. How's Instagram? How are you doing?
1: I'm doing okay. I think so. Last time you asked, I had, I think 44 followers and I'm very happy to report as of this moment, I have gone up another 50 followers. I now have 94 followers. Woohoo! Woohoo! Congratulations! Yeah. I know I'm gonna have that blue check mark before you know it. <laughs> That's a thing, right? The blue check mark? That's, a you thing. That's an Instagram? Oh, I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, and I love it because it's like at least 10,000 followers
1: or something before you get in. <laughs> I'm almost there. Like 0.1% over there. Greater than you were a week ago, two weeks ago. That's right. And I've had nine posts. Good job. And your stories have been great, Melissa. (laughs) I know. I'm totally digging them. I did feel really bad when I posted to... Okay, so anybody who's listening who is one of my 94 followers, and if you happen to be of the Catholic faith, and if you observe the non-eating of meat on Fridays, I do apologize for being insensitive and posting a big juicy steak on Friday.
0: That's right. I totally forgot.
1: I did actually consider that the next day that, oh gosh, that was very insensitive to my Catholic friends. I am sorry. <laughs> That's okay. You can only get better. That's right. <laughs> but it was a very good steak.
0: <laughs> Perfect. So did you use, I know we talked about you downloaded the starter kit from mm-hmm. www.snoutschool.com slash starter
2: www.snoutschool.com backslash start. That one.
0: So we talked that you had downloaded that. Has it been helpful? Any tips?
1: Yeah. What I really am wanting to dig a little bit deeper on, and I I am working on this, is I want to use the whole schematic kind of thing about getting your Mm fonts and your colors. And I want to do the Canva thing that we talked about where I can start sort of making some templates for myself. That is something that I really, really, really want to do. And so... Mm -hmm that is something that will be super helpful for me.
0: Well, then too, I just saw today. um, So maybe I just dated our podcast recording date a little bit, but Snout School is getting ready to launch a whole personal branding
2: kit. I cannot wait. Yeah. yeah.
0: So we're all super excited. So we also have some more good news for all of our listeners, right? We are super excited to announce that we have a promo code. So being part of the preferred podcast network, working with snout school, if you go into their store and you find something that you like, be it one of their, you know, social media planners for your vet clinic or hospital building, maybe it's the new planner that's coming out to help you with your personal brand, who knows? But if you type in DBM, divas, you will get a whopping 20% off whatever you buy. So exciting. Only in the educational store. That is not
1: for um, like stickers or merchandise or anything just in the educational store, not the merch, but to make yourself smarter in the social media marketing world, DVM divas in the checkout promo code.
0: And there's so many more fun things happening. And I can't wait for us to get to talk about them too. Should we jump into our hot topic now? We should. Yes. (laughs) So I wanted to get your ladies' opinion. I know it's always something that I've always been kind of curious about just working in vet med, but then especially lately um, with some of the hot topics in the news with the coronavirus and everything. My question is, do you ladies go to work
2: sick? Yeah. So So I, yes, (laughs) I do. Um, I did call out a couple weeks ago because I was very sick to the point of urgent care sick. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that was a, I don't want to kill everybody, (laughs) but I usually use my days more for when the kids are sick, because if I'm sick, they either had it before me or they're going to get it after me. The thing that I hate about it is I feel like we have a lot of pressure put on us. One thing as a doctor, because if I'm not there, there's 20 something appointments that need to be rescheduled. Or if there's another doctor on they have to actually take it on. And then as the VA is instead, like if they start calling out sick, everybody's going to have to pick up the slack for them, which can put a little bit of damper on the situation. But when I have somebody, whether it's a doctor, a VA, a receptionist, whatever, come in, and if they are sick, I tell them to go home. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be sick. So I just got back today and like nobody feels well. Yeah. So I literally Lysol, the phone, the computers, the mice. I feel like we've talked about
1: this sort of thing before with you, Maria. I don't remember when that was.
2: Hmm. (laughs) So I don't think that people should come to work sick. Have I done it? Yes. Mm -hmm. I just feel like there's a ton of pressure on us to make us go in.
1: If I am vomiting or otherwise feel like I am going to be in the bathroom for... (laughs) Anything, I do not go to work. That's kind of my hard stop right there. You know, if there is diarrhea and vomit involved, no, will not go. The respiratory stuff, that's always trickier because, man, especially when my kids were little, I mean, they're still not that old and there are upper respiratory viruses in my house all the time. And if I didn't go to work every time I had a cough and a runny nose, I wouldn't have a business. So I don't know. I don't always know the best way to handle that. And I don't have to have day off request or, you know, sick leave or anything like that. That's one of the benefits of being the owner is not at the mercy of that, but also, if I'm not there, we don't see appointments. And if we don't see appointments, we don't make money. And that's where my pressure comes from is not that I feel like I need to be superwoman and work through my illness to prove that I'm a stronger person by any means. But I know that if I'm not there, there's a lot of other people who are affected by me not being there. And so Mm -hmm. yeah, I have a tendency to try to power through and keep my distance as much as possible and take all the cold medicine. But if it's one of my team members and one of my employees, I typically would prefer them not to be there, um, especially if they are going to be at risk of being contagious. And if we can get by without them, I
2: prefer they go home and rest and then get recuperated any indication of potential flu, you go home. <laughs> yeah.
1: Fever. Yes. If there is a fever, that's another one of those things. If you have a fever, your butt should not be leaving the house.
0: I would agree. I'm kind of in the same boat. Like I take more of my sick days because of the kids having to be home from daycare than I have to take them for myself. And I'm the same fever, vomiting, diarrhea. Yeah. I will not leave the
1: house. <laughs> no, Like I'm not going to be of any use to anybody anyway. Yeah. And I'm
0: likely highly contagious. So we're going to stay home.
1: So there's been days when I've had a particularly bad cold where I really felt like crap and I've gone in just to get the surgeries done, just to get, I was like, okay, look, let's triage the schedule here. (laughs) Let's get done what we have to get done so that I can get out of here and not infect everybody else. Sometimes you just, you just have to, I don't know. And it seems like in other countries, I, it seems like there were some comments and things recently about in Europe and things, they don't have that same sort of mentality that there's. It's a more kind of accepting policy that you just don't come to work when you're sick and the general public understands that and they have way more paid sick leave than we do here in the United States. And I wish it could be that way.
2: I don't know the feasibility of it ever truly becoming that. I mean, maybe one day it can. I just feel like right now we put so much pressure on us. And I feel like sometimes we are like, but I did all of this and Uh I went to work sick and I went and did that and I went and it's like, I feel like everyone's trying to prove themselves. And I know, you know, I was really sick. I went to urgent care. I went to work to get the morning stuff done for a couple of hours. So that way I didn't basically put the hospital in a hole and have all these appointments show up, and there's no doctor or there's one less doctor. And, you know, in those two hours, they were able to rearrange, cancel the other appointments, and stop people from coming in. But the people that were already there, they were able to be seen. Mm-hmm. So, ha- should I have gone in? No. But I'll tell you right now, I wore a mask because I was sick and I was coughing and sneezing and all that. And I wore it in the back when I walked into the room. I did the exam, talked to the client. They could tell from my voice I wasn't feeling good. So it wasn't a question. And they said, I hope you feel better. And that's it done i just feel there's a lot of pressure on us and it might not just be our field but i have seen cases where people call out a lot because they're sick or they're going through something and the bosses are like um this is a problem person it's not a problem person our health comes first and that's why if somebody comes in sick i say you go home Mm -hmm. and i feel like i'm harder on myself than i am on my staff with it
1: I know that it's been a challenge for people who are in like a pro sal scenario and where their income is very directly affected by whether or not Mm -hmm. they stay in work. And to me, that is heartbreaking that we are at a place where people will work beyond their, you know, limitations physically, they need to be home and resting, not just illness, but even, you know, mental health and that kind of thing that because they just don't feel like they have a choice to compromise any little cent or penny of their salary. Oh man, I don't, I That's don't know. the part
0: that really breaks my heart is yeah kind of hopping around between different vet clinics. It was never one or the other. But you know, sometimes you'd get to places and you know, here I would just hear a technician talk about that they are an, a nurse, an assistant, mm-hmm. whatever. Like they were ill and they were in, and I was like, dude, go home. Like I'm the relief that hopefully we have a life day. Like, get out. I don't need to get sick. Mm-hmm. And you know, they were like, No, I can't. Yeah, I can't afford to be gone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can't afford to be here if you're gonna be ill and yeah. mm-hmm. take a day off, rest, get better, take two days off. And they're like, no, I can't. I've used up all my days. And it's like, really? You're <laughs> going to tell me that having a body in your clinic is more important than like them getting well. I don't like the fact that sometimes we put the clinic or the patients over, even the clients
1: over our re- our staffs.
0: Like it, it's not yeah. right in my head. I don't have a good solution for it, but it's hard.
1: Well, I think we've been, we're at this sort of weird kind of point where for, I don't know, the good part of the last decade or two, it's been hammered into us as business owners. We've been doing a pretty cruddy job of making a profit and veterinarians, you need to be more assertive. You need to be more, you know, be better about charging what you're worth and it's okay to make money and it is okay to make money for sure. Yes, it is okay to make money, but we've almost gone to the opposite extreme where I don't know, you know, we're pushing ourselves so hard to make this profit, 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 and we need profit. We cannot survive without profit. And that's not what I'm trying to advocate against by any means, but sometimes at what cost, like you said, Anne, is it really more important to us to squeeze in three more vaccination appointments than to tell one of our team members, go home and get the rest that you need? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's where we need to have a bit of a mentality shift of let's kind of look at this realistically. The world will not come to an end if I see half as many appointments today, not going to end my business will
2: not come crumbling down. But you know what might happen, Melissa, if that person stays, has something contagious and knocks out your whole clinic. Right. Yes. And then you're going to have a problem because then for the next week, it's going to run through the clinic rapidly. Yeah. That's what I don't want to happen. Like, granted, I don't want anyone there when they're sick because you need to rest because you can get pneumonia. There's so many different things, and we should know that and understand that. You know, my mom had meningit got meningitis because she ran herself like crazy with working and kids when we were young. You know that this can happen, and we want to take care of them, and we don't want it to go throughout the entire clinic. What happens if they make them stay because they don't have PTO and they have the flu? Mm-hmm what happens if they have Corona?
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I know that's this whole other side of things now where we're in kind of this borderline pandemic kind of thing happening. I don't know. Do you guys think that we're going to be faced in the near future with mandatory travel restrictions and quarantines and that kind of thing? I don't know. You hear a lot of like doomsday type talk, but Hi, Melissa here. Sorry for the interruption. So Maria, Anne, and I originally recorded this episode way back on March 3rd, 2020, which was well before the World Health Organization had officially declared the coronavirus and COVID-19 a worldwide pandemic. In light of that and the escalating severity of the situation, we felt that it was best to remove the next portion of our conversation. So many facts and details emerged and changed within moments of us recording, and so it makes more sense just to let it go. While we passionately feel that laughter and humor are exactly what we need a lot of at the moment, we do not want to be disrespectful to any of our friends, family, or colleagues who may be facing some pretty intense and complicated situations right now. So with that, we'll move on. Enjoy the rest of the episode. So
0: ladies, I think we've hit all the high points and maybe some lows on (laughs) whether or not you go to work sick. I think we hit on a lot of the big stressors, especially in our profession, where you know sometimes we as doctors feel more pressure to go in when we are ill because we know we are the production generators of that practice. And so, you know, maybe we are a little bit more willing to go in on days that we should probably stay home, but then also our staff feels that as well maybe to the same extent, maybe not, but you know, learning to kind of kick them out as well so they can go home and recuperate and come back. We also talked about sometimes we take six days off for family, even though they may not be our days. And I think we all had pretty much the same hard limit as far as when we definitely call in and not even show up. We won't go into detail on that anymore. And then to, I think, discussing a little bit of current news as far as the coronavirus goes and just knowing that, you know, we don't know all of it yet. And I guess sending all the good thoughts we can to those that we know are affected and to our peers and fellow vet med peeps that are in areas that are being impacted. Anyway, with all of that, let's see who wants to start. Melissa, do you want to tell us about your fail? And then I'll (laughs) do my hack. And then Maria can do her win.
1: Yes. So I have a very sad fail for us tonight. Um, so if you were one of my early followers on Instagram, you may or may not have caught a picture of a lovely little guinea pig. Well, Zig the guinea pig. He rhymes. He does. <laughs> what rhymes with dead? Oh, no. <laughs> really? He was, oh, here's the backstory. So not this Christmas, the Christmas before we got guinea pigs for my son for Christmas and we had never owned guinea pigs before. I did all the research. We decided that we would get two male guinea pigs, but they would be neutered. And I did the neuter before we ever gave them as his gift. They kind of stayed at the clinic for a little while before Christmas day. And so that I could do my homework, learn all what I needed to know about guinea pig neuters, did them, went flawlessly, both guinea pigs up eating, doing great, never had a single complication I thought, that's it. I am a guinea pig surgeon now. You know, that got it down two for two. So a client a while back, several months ago, was telling me a story about her two guinea pigs that she had gotten from the pet store, um, a similar time frame to when I had gotten my two guinea pigs. Her guinea pigs were not a matched set gender wise. And she ended up with five guinea pigs for the price of two. So we were discussing our options and, and she had asked about neutering. And I said, well, I have a great track record. So we decided that we would neuter two guinea pigs or her guinea pigs because life is life. We didn't get that on the books and she couldn't get it scheduled for quite some time. And these guys got quite big. I don't know if that played a role but the guinea pig neuter the recovery did not go well he woke up just fine he went home he did good for about 18 to 24 hours and then he died
0: oh sorry melissa
1: i don't know
2: so sorry did you do an necropsy?
1: No, well, see, I, I spoke with the owners. Uh, she'd called the clinic to let us know what had happened. I hadn't gotten into the clinic yet. So when I got in, I called her and said, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And kind of went over a few things. And she said that she woke up. He was looking a little shaky. She prepared the kids for the possibility that maybe he was not doing well, took the kids to school, came back. He was dead. So I did offer to do a necropsy on the guinea pig and she laughed. <laughs> she said, That's yeah, all right. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I don't know. I'm retired. Um, As a guinea pig surgeon. (laughs) One third of my patients have died. So (laughs) I I failed there.
0: I feel like we need a larger sample size for this study before we can make that conclusion. An N of three is not large enough. (laughs) I also
1: feel like there's something to be said for knowing your limitations (laughs) and just
0: calling it quits. So, well, Melissa, I am very sorry for your loss. I do think that i mean saying you're a failure and retired is being a bit dramatic but (laughs) i appreciate that it does it does break the heart
1: my spirit for guinea pig surgery is broken at the moment and yeah so
0: once i am very sorry for your loss it does break the heart and i think we'll do well i'll squeeze my hack in here and that way we don't like totally jump from one end of the spectrum to the other we'll have a transition transition yes So I was cruising through the Facebook, you know, that happens and I came upon a hack and whoever I know whose hack this is. So if you put it on Facebook and you message us, I will get you a sticker, but I did not ask your permission to share the hack first. So maybe I won't use your name because maybe you don't want your name used. But anyway, if you know, it was you, you tell us we'll get you a sticker. I was super excited about it because I don't know if you guys have this, you kind of have this baby stuff laying around because you kind of hang on to it after your last one, like just in case <laughs> something happens.
1: Scariest moment of my life was actually when I got rid of all my baby stuff and thought something's going to happen.
0: Right, exactly. So you kind of hold on to it, but then sometimes you hold on to it for too long and then you're like, there's better, newer all sorts of things, like who would want this anymore? So one of the things that we had kept around was the boppy. And Mm so, you know, for, if you don't know what that is, it is a, like a C shaped pillow that you can use for like nursing support, or we used it more like when the kids were starting to sit up Mm -hmm. or like for tummy time and things like we used it more as a propping pillow. The wiener dog found it and loved it. She took it over as her bed at one point in time also. <laughs> but what you can do is like when you, sometimes you have some of those dysphoric dogs that are coming out of surgery and especially big dogs, mm-hmm. sometimes I get worried that my technicians are going to get clocked in the head Oh yeah, just because they're, they're so flailing. dysphoric yeah. and they're kind of flailing. So what you can do is you can put the boppy around the dysphoric dog's head. So like when they kind of go to wobble around, they'll hit the pillow. and Not anything That's hard.
2: really smart. Do you think you could use that as some sort of e-collar? No, because it w- doesn't connect.
1: Yeah, but some crafty person could could probably just craft a strap for it. Yeah. Hmm.
0: You might be able to, especially because it's, I mean, it's pretty wide. It's what, yeah. like six inches wide or
2: something? So this is the copyright of the boppy that turned into an e-collar for DeviantVa's. <laughs> <laughs> copyright 2020. Yeah. <laughs> patent. Patent pending. <laughs> patent pending. <laughs>
0: But yeah, so like I said, if you know that was your post and you would like a sticker, hit us up. I will definitely send it. So anyway, so that's our hack. If it was you, hit us up. We'll send you a sticker.
2: All right. So Maria, we're dying to hear. What is your win? So I'm so excited about this one. I was very, very nervous about this trip that I was going on because I was having nightmares that I was going to come home with the flu. <laughs> no, you were going to come home with worse. <laughs> to say the Coronavirus. The coronavirus. <laughs> something so it was that bad so i took all the precautions needed and i am almost one week out of my flight and i am not sick that's exciting so when you say you took all your precautions what specifically are we referring to so I understand that masks don't help you really not get sick. And already the masks that was at the N95, right? Mm-hmm. But that one was already on back order because coronavirus was already around. And people so you bothered. tried to
0: get that one? Yes. <laughs> I think Maria's way past our level of intervention skills. I think, Melissa, yeah, I I think we're going to have to like
2: pull in the professionals. So I definitely tried to get it and they said they were all out. So I used a regular mask. I know it doesn't protect, but I needed it. Um, I did not buy it. My mother-in-law did it, but um, <laughs> I had one. Um, I wore winter gloves on the plane and I wiped down.
0: And let's, like, you were not headed to Canada or Iceland. Mm -mm. You were headed somewhere warm. So winter gloves were a bit odd.
2: Um, I wiped down everything with an antibacterial wipe. Like when you got in your airplane seat?
1: Yes. I've seen people do that. I will say that that's, I've seen that happen.
2: The flight was only an hour and a half. And I sat down. I didn't move. I didn't touch anything. The woman next to me thought I was crazy. I should have sent you some
1: disposable coveralls that, you, that we use to go into hog buildings. Like that. <laughs> that would have been awesome if you would have been on the plane in one of those.
2: I would. I would have. Um, I wouldn't take any drinks. I wouldn't take any snacks. I literally just sat there. I. When did you pee before I got on the plane? But you were in the airport. Oh Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because I I'm
1: a nervous peer. Did you go in the airport bathroom?
2: I did. That's a big move then, I think for you. I think that's a win right there that you used a public bathroom. So I, I turn on the handles and I open everything with um, the paper towels. Mm. So I don't touch anything. Are they wet paper towels or dry paper towels? Dry. Okay. <laughs> when I got to the hotel, I used our clinic hack that I, not a clinic hack, excuse me. I used a hack, the travel hack that I used at one time. And I took the ice bag, um i put it over my remote i think i sent you a picture of that i was gonna say you did we got photos we can we have put proof up. <laughs> so i did that i wiped everything down and um then every night when i came back to the room i sprayed everything when you came back to the room yes because
0: i'm neurotic <laughs> okay who was in your room while you Nobody were gone? was in my room and i just didn't want to get sick So you sprayed down what you had taken
2: out of the room with you, or you You re-sprayed down your room. The phone, the room. Did
1: you bring an aerosol can with you?
2: No, I had um, anti like the spray things because they were giving them out at the conference. (laughs) I, the last time I flew in February, I got the flu and it was horrible. And I have such a bad anxiety about this. So this trip has caused me so much anxiety and it wasn't even about leaving the kids for a couple of days. Although, you know, you get upset when you leave them and it's definitely hard as a mom. It was the nightmares about the flu. So.
1: So this coronavirus thing has really got to be freaking you out then, right?
2: (laughs) Well,
0: no, because it's not on the East Coast yet, right? Well, it's in New York. That's like a minute away.
2: One person, public transit. (laughs) Shh.
0: Yeah. Literally there's people that commute.
2: So yeah, I am, um, it's two more days and it will be one week and I am going strong. I'm taking my vitamins and I'm not sick. Well, I think that was a very nice little win given our conversation today. I just want to say one thing. Don't worry because I went back into work today and everyone was sick. So I (laughs) all the place. Oh Lord. So if I get sick in two days, it's work's fault. True. Because nobody stayed home like they were supposed to. Exactly, maybe next time people should stay home.
0: And I think that is a great spot to end this episode of the DVM Divas. So when in doubt, in the next few months, maybe we should stay home when we're sick and not try to be martyrs. And buy Lysol.
1: Lots of it. I think there. does Lysol kill it? They said actually it's a pretty easy virus to kill. Like on, I was reading today that they said that actually it's not a very tough virus.
2: Oh, that's good. Until it mutates. Right. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the DVM Divas podcast. Want to know more about us? Then visit our website at dvmdivas.com or find us on all of our social media accounts, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Pinterest, and even LinkedIn. Just look for at DVM Divas. We can also be reached by email at admin at dvmdivas.com. Don't wanna miss an episode? Be sure
1: to subscribe. And while you're at it, rate, review, and share. Your online love really does help. And tune in next week as we once again
0: go beyond the stethoscope.